Hey friends, welcome back to The Preacher Chick. I am your host, Stacy, The Preacher Chick, and I'm so glad you're listening today. I have a very talkative co-host today. I don't know if you can sense the sarcasm there, <laughs> but we're sharing our heart to advocate for the fight against human trafficking. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, here we are. It is the beginning of October, and I asked Donnie, I asked my husband if he would do an episode with me to talk about our heart for human trafficking. So, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> what brings this on is, number one, we've had a passion for um, advocating for the fight against human trafficking for about 10 years now. And this past week I had um, a great privilege of attending a unique first time ever event um, that was hosted by Project Rescue, which we'll explain to you if you don't know what Project Rescue is, we'll explain that in a few minutes, but it was for women lead pastors. And at this event, um, I learned about some new projects that Project Rescue is doing. And so I thought this would be a fun episode to just share um, our heart for that. So um, I thought we'd start by just talking about how we learned about human trafficking. Like I didn't before 2011, I don't know that I had ever heard that term before. Had you? I have heard it before being in the profession that I'm in. Oh, that's true. But never realized the magnitude of it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when you know when people when t- people talk about human trafficking uh, <clears throat> you really don't think about human trafficking in the states right you always think oh that's overseas but over the last 10 years um i have learned a lot that uh it's also huge in the states mm-hmm. and uh we live really close to a big city that is, uh, I think, in the top five. I think so. I should have um, checked that. I think it's in the top five cities for human trafficking. So, you know, it... It, it for sure is a hub. Yes. And, you know, you, before that, I really didn't... I guess it didn't affect me or I didn't even think about it. But when you sit back and see how big it is in the States and it hits home, it makes you think about it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was watching general counsel services. General counsel is the um, large conference that our fellowship has every other year for credentialed ministers. And in 2011, I think it was 2011, it was in Phoenix and Christine Kane spoke at one of the sessions. I had never heard of Christine Kane before that day. Um, now she's had a ministry for a long time, but I had never heard of her before that day. And I sat and listened to her tell a room full of ministers how she and her husband were engaging in this fight through an a ministry, but but a an organization that they had co-founded called A21. And that their that their heart was to see um, human trafficking, to see 
slavery, modern day slavery abolished in the 21st century. And to learn that there were over 21 million people who are, who were in, um, in situations where they have been trafficked, um, just was overwhelming to me. And then within maybe a year or two, we learned about, uh, more, um, groups, more ministries, yeah. more agencies who are in this fight. Um, the, the ones that we've really kind of connected to the most are, like I said, a 21 free international and project rescue, but there's more the international justice mission, um, hope for justice international and, and, and many more, but those first three, a 21 free and project rescue just kind of captured our attention and our hearts. Um, we have financially supported all three of them in uh, many times and um, and advocated for them sharing their information, sharing their materials, even in our church's little coffee shop um, that we do on Sunday mornings, we partner with a missions-based or a uh, company that, that roasts their own coffee, but it all of their coffee supports missions. And one of our most popular ones is one that supports Project Rescue. Right. Um, so we, and then we actually use that coffee at home. Yep. <laughs> and so we kind of like, just as much as we can in practical ways, things that we're already doing that can have an impact, you know, we choose to do. Um, but a little bit about maybe all of them. A21, like I said, was co-founded by Christine Kane and her husband, Nick, and they have offices um, two here in the States and then around mainly in like Eastern Europe and um, Southern Asia, Australia, which is where they're from. Um, and they rescue women, men, children, whoever. And it's yeah. from whether they're um, in sex slavery or um, forced labor, they they are involved in that. And they, they help victims from uh, rescue and restoration and rehabilitation to even um, helping them legally fight and prosecute traffickers, which I think is wild. Um, and then Free International is based here in the United States. And actually the, the founders of uh, Free International served with Project Rescue um, before they, they started Free International. And Free International is based in Las Vegas, um, where let's just be real, <laughs> in the United States, there's what is that? That's probably the only area, unless I'm mistaken, where um, work for the sex industry is somewhat legal. Yes. Um, but but Free International not only works with rescuing um, the victims of sex slavery, but also finding missing and exploited children. So even just back in August at our um, most recent general council event, Free International um, did an outreach in Orlando where if I'm not mistaken, they found 12 missing children, which is just an unreal work. And they partner with, um, with uh, government agencies and law enforcement departments to help train and to help um, um, rescue and restore. Um, victims. And then Project Rescue is primarily in Southeast Asia and a few um, Mediterranean or European nations, but primarily in Southeast Asia. 
and they their primary focus is women and children. And uh, this started, uh, I've, we gave away several books on Sunday. Um, we, this started 25 years ago um, because a local minister in a red light district was approached um, to, to take some women and children in. Um, and he was the director of a teen challenge facility. And he contacted these missionaries and said, um, we need to do something and the grants agreed. And so Project Rescue was started. And there are several rescue homes and rehabilitation centers that um, exist now because of Project Rescue in those areas. And, and, and many women and children's stories have been told and many women and children have found hope. It's, it, my, it blows my mind that, that Project Rescue, David and Beth Grant and the other pastors and missionaries who work with them um the stories that they tell of like they go into brothels and and do church services for these women and they say that's one of the hardest things because they hold these bible studies and church services and worship services and then they have to leave these women in these places of horrific <laughs> just just horrifying situations yeah. Um, but what, what stands out to you, Donnie, about any of these or how we, how you and I, <laughs> um, like, well, I mean, we both have stories of people saying to us that they can see us being more directly involved in, in ministries like this. Yeah. I, I could see, I can see us one day ending up in that type of work it's scary <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> it's scary for you because your a, nature is to i'm a homebody i like that and to home. protect and defend and my nature is the bleeding heart right. who wants to take everyone i can in <laughs> and, and, and and we've had quite a few discussions where we butt heads with that but <laughs> yes um yeah i can i can see us there one day I don't know when. But... I don't know either. And I don't know what that even looks like. It could be that we just continue doing this yeah. and helping people see the, the, the gravity of human trafficking, but also advocating for these types of ministries and organizations and raising awareness, helping raise funds, maybe, which yeah. maybe this episode can do. <laughs> <laughs> Not so subtle or shameless or shameful plug there. Were you going to say something? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, I thought I would share, unless there's something else you want to say about it. I thought I would share um, what I learned last week about the new project from Project Rescue. That's fine. Um, I won't go into the whole thing. If somebody wants to hear every detail of, of what Project Rescue is doing and what exactly I shared, please feel free to go watch our service from Sunday, October 3rd um, on our church's Facebook or YouTube channel, the churches. I'll link it in the in the show notes. But um, but just to get a little bit of information, like, like I already said, Project Rescue it, um, celebrates its 25th anniversary um, in this next year. And because of COVID, um, 
we we say COVID has been unprecedented times. Like that has been the word that has been thrown around like crazy. But because of COVID, there are some unprecedented things that happened um, for Project Rescue. One of them being an, a, a kind of an answer to prayer. If you know anything about human trafficking, then I think most of us have prayed that God would end it in some way. Um, but what is crazy is that when COVID hit hard and nations started shutting down, this, this country in Southeast Asia, where many red light districts and brothels are, um, there was no demand, <laughs> praise God. There uh, was just, there was just no, there was no work for these uh, women. And so many brothel owners were either kicking these women and many of them have children out to the streets where they had, and they had nothing like many of these women have been in this forced type of work their whole life. Their whole life. I mean, from the time they, they, you know, huh, it's horrible to say it, let's say from the time they could do the work, you know, 10 years or more. Um, and they don't know how to do anything else. And so they had no way to earn an income to feed themselves or their families. Other owners came knocking on the doors of Project Rescue and said, will you take these girls? We can't feed them. And um, at, at one point last March, um, basically there was a need, there was the opportunity to, to help 300 women and children um, so that they wouldn't have to go back to the red light district. And um, so Project Rescue stepped up and many of the people on the board of directors for Project Rescue got involved in their churches, got involved. And this ministry called Forever Free came to be about. And what's what's crazy to me is for like $1,500, um, a woman and her, and her children can start living an entirely new life from having health care to living expenses, receiving counseling that they would need, being fed and having clothes, but also learning a skill or a trade so that they would never feel like they would have to turn back to um, the brothel. Um, one, of, one of our favorite pastors to listen to is uh, Rod Loy, and he is um, uh, on, on the, I believe he's, I think his title is the, the board of, or the, the president of the. I think so. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, his church, when he shared the need in the middle of the pandemic, they gave in one offering over $350,000. Now they're a very large congregation, very but, large. but still <laughs> it's kind of unreal. So basically they felt, I think that, that they believed they needed around $500,000 to make this ministry possible. And, and churches responded, people responded in huge ways um, to make forever free possible. And so they were able to help 300 women and their children um, come out of, 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 the, of the sexual exploitation forever. Um, and it's just amazing how that works. Um, but where, oh, and, and what I think is cool is that, um, that the pastor who, what, who oversees this particular 
um, rescue home. Mm. It. I'm going to have to edit that out. It's an unknown call and I can't, I can't stop it. Did you happen to see where that started? Like right at 50, 14 something. Okay. Hmm. So one of the cool things that came from this is that one of the pastors who oversees some of the work in this, in this country was able to even hire former traffickers to work on the buildings that they have that are used for their rehabilitation and restor, uh, restoration of these women and children. And that seems crazy enough, but but then he was able to lead these these men, these traffickers to Jesus. And now the same people who exploited these women are now protecting these women. I mean, only God can do something that amazing. And the stories that continue to come out are just are just humbling and beautiful. Um I'll tell you a couple of stories. So one story is about a girl who was 17 years old, and when she was 12 years old, she was sold to a pimp who forced her to work in prostitution um, as a bar dancer in local clubs. 12 years old. That's <laughs> that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, when the pandemic hit, the government mandated that workers had to go back to their villages, their home villages. And when she returned to her village, she heard about this forever free ministry and that um, there were new jobs that were being provided for those who were escaping that line of that exploitation. And she wanted a new life. So she went to the leaders, shared her story and asked to be a part of the program. And of course, they brought her right in. Um, as they talked to her about the different options that the program offered, she was most interested in learning the sewing skill. And so she trained for very long days, but every day she would also stay late to practice on her sewing machine, which I just think is really cool. Like she just was all in, you know, her life was changing and um, she learned this trade, but she also attended like Bible studies and she began doing devotions and she began counseling. And the team there said that hope is beginning to enter her eyes um, because of the pandemic she has been completely focused on making face masks. And this blows my mind. She averages 75 to 100 face masks a day. That's a lot. That's a lot of work. And especially like I have two Project Rescue face masks and they're gorgeous. And they're not, they, they're not cheaply made. Yeah. Like they're really neat. So to make them anyway. So that's just one story. There's another story of a girl who was 14 years old and was sold to a trafficker or sold to local traffickers um, in various cities. And she just turned 23 this year. So nine years of being um, in captivity. But when the pandemic hit her, um, she returned to her home village, but she had no food, she had no money, and she had no hope. Um, but she found out about Project Rescue and she reached out to them and asked if she could join and learn a skill that she wanted to find a way to provide for herself. So she also joined the sewing center and makes masks and clothing. Um, she started counseling with the Project Rescue team um, and sharing the stories, the horrific stories of what she faced in uh, as she was trafficked. And um, 
And she began going to church, local church services and doing devotions. And it didn't take long. And she gave her heart to Jesus. But after six weeks um, of being in the Forever Free program, uh, they said that the Project Rescue staff started noticing agents and pimps and traffickers coming around because the red light districts were opening back up. And um, two men approached this, this young lady and asked her to return to the red light district. But here's the crazy thing, because they said it was her loyalty that, um, that made them want to ask her to come back and they would make her a madam with younger girls under her control. And that is mind boggling to me. Um, but when they offered to give her 10 times the money that she was making at the forever free program, she told them, I have found my peace in God and I will never go back. Sorry. I just wish we could be able to hear that from all of them. Um, if you know me, you know I have a tattoo on my arm that has the red X for the indent movement, which is the symbol of the um, the fight against uh, human trafficking. And I have the I have Proverbs thirty one under my under the X on my arm because that to me is like my the verse that best explains why I feel like being a voice and being an advocate for the fight is important. And it's also the, the mission of Project Rescue. And the scripture says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensure justice for those being crushed. And verse nine says, yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see they get justice. Many people think they hear Proverbs 31 and they automatically go to, oh, a Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> but really that's just like the latter half of chapter 31 of Proverbs. This is in the beginning, and but I'll take this. If this is what a Proverbs 31 woman is, I'll take it. I'll, I'll speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And actually, it, you could probably ask my parents, and Donnie would probably tell you the same thing. That's probably how I've always, I mean, that's how I've lived my life. Even before I knew about human trafficking, I'm yes. ever for the underdog. <laughs> they can't hear you shaking your head or <laughs> nodding your head. Um, but... Um, like I said, Project Rescue is in 29 cities, 10 countries, and they're hoping to add more countries to that list, which is really exciting. Um, here's, here's what's happening now. Um, there's another area in Southeast Asia where they do have, I think, a rescue home, um, but there has been a demand and a need for something more. And... Um, like in this city, sexual exploitation has been a part of their culture for hundreds of years. There are over 700 brothels and at least 5,000 prostitutes. It is the country's third largest red light district. It's um, ridiculous. Um, one woman um, is 26 and she was trafficked and sold by a boyfriend who promised to marry her, but she was trafficked at 16 and has not known freedom in, in 10 years. Um, so these stories, these types of stories are, are, are common in this area. Um, but the project is called Project the Tally. Um, and again, it's an unprecedented opportunity for Project Rescue. Um, Project Rescue has purchased a brothel in the heart of this red light district. 
Um, it's a building that has been used as a brothel for generations, a place that broke the will and spirit of women and children, a place of darkness, a place of destruction. But Project Rescue and all of us who partner with them, we are part of what is going to make a difference and redeem that building, redeem its purposes, and make it an outreach and counseling and job training center as well as a learning center for children and a place to feed the hungry. So it's it's going to be a bright place of hope and light in one of the darkest places on planet Earth. I, yeah. Um, I like that Pastor Rod said it wasn't beautiful when they bought it. In fact, it was horrible um, that there were tiny cubicles that were built with these um, if you want to call them beds where the women uh, were forced to service customers. And this is the part that I don't think people understand. And I've read this in their book and I've watched a few documentaries in many of these brothels, women who have children, their children live with them and actually typically just stay under their, their mom's bed while she works. I, I that alone is a trauma that no child should have to endure because you're not just you're not just talking about a man and a woman having sex <laughs> you're talking about sometimes brutal um situations and uh, i just can't even imagine that they said the basement was like a dungeon and on the roof was a dry a dry concrete tank where girls were imprisoned before being sold what I think is amazing is that this is a building of 4,000 square feet. Now here in the States, that's, that's a massive yeah, building, building and that's going to cost you some money. Yeah. Um, they were able to, to buy it all fees included and everything for, for just under $310,000. And so as soon as the uh, seller agreed to the price, they hurried up and got the money sent to him before he could change his mind. Um, and they're going to, they've got a plan, uh, remove, all the cubicle walls, furniture, fixtures, basically everything that was associated with, with it being a brothel has to go. Um, they're going to clean. Pastor Rod said he told um, their, he told the, the executive director of the Project Rescue Foundation to get a pallet of pine saw. <laughs> I don't know that that's enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, I need some bleach, bleach and Odaban and I mean, let's just... <laughs> But they're also going to spiritually clean it. They're going to pray over every every nook and cranny of this building, um, and then they're going to have to have a lot, a lot, a lot of paint for it. Um, they are building bathrooms and classrooms and offices, meeting rooms. They have to start over with the plumbing, um, all of the electrical. Basically, gut the building to a shell and start over. Um, and what's cool is they've already started the work. They're, they're believing for the money to come in um, to make it happen. Um, they're working on uh, the learning room and a kitchen and a, a training center where, where women can learn, and even children, where they can learn baking skills. Um, kids who have no access to school are going to be able to learn. Kids and people with special needs are going to have a place. Because that's another thing is that many countries... I mean, I don't think the United States is is amazing at it, but we've come a long way. But a lot of countries, they do nothing with people with special needs. Right. They're, ca they're just cast aside and not cared for. Um, so they're going to help with that. 
Um, like I already said, a job training center for women who will learn to make jewelry, sew, um, and have items that they can sell so that they can make a living. Um, a kitchen and a bakery. I love that they're going to teach them how to cook meals so that they can just sustain their families, but also learn skills to maybe make some money. And they're they're working and negotiating with a chain of coffee shops there that will buy the baked goods that they make and sell them in their coffee shop, which is very, very cool. Um, they're looking, they're working on creating a night care shelter on the third floor where um, teenage girls will have a safe place to stay and not be, I mean, many times it's what's what happens is these kids have nowhere to go and they're picked up on the streets yeah. and forced to forced do into the labor. Right. Um, and, but also in this situation, they're going to be fed. So they'll have breakfast every day. They'll get, they'll go to school. They'll be fed dinner. Um, and mothers will be able to visit their daughters every day. They're gonna have a medical room, um, helping with HIV AIDS and other health needs for the women and the children, meeting rooms where they can do counseling and Bible studies. Um, and they've already had the first meeting in the building even before the renovation. So I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, if you don't know, Project Rescue's like emblem, their logo is a butterfly that is um, like kind of like a, a clothespin center kind of because it's like the... Uh, or no, I guess it's not even close, but I guess it's actually a barb or a barb um, because they're finding freedom. And the tali means um, butterfly. So this 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 center um, is going to, the renovations and everything are going to cost about $200,000, which I still think $500,000 fully invested is cheap. For really that, for that big of a seriously cheap um but the cost to get it up and going um that is 216 dollars a day 216 dollars and 66 cents a day or around um 1516 dollars a week but listen to what this includes because i don't know of even a small business in the united states states that can do regular business on that kind of a budget um but that includes food, health care, child care, compensation for eight to 12 staff members who are doctors, nurses, teachers. It covers utilities. It covers outreaches into the red light district. Basically, anything and everything to run the program at $1,500 a week. Um, there is already a safe home, like I said, in the city. So as Project Rescue ministers to women and children in the red light district, when they're able to leave, there's a place ready for them. So it's all connected. There's the ability to minister to them um, immediately, but then for the long term. Um, one of the leaders there, they said, is just a, an incredible guy um, and and he will lead um, this this center. Um, here at our church, we do every February what we call Rescue Day, and we receive a, a special offering um, for Project Rescue. But I shared this on Sunday because it matters to share it now and not to wait. Um, and basically, that's that we can all get involved in this project and make a difference. And so um, I don't, I've not been doing my podcast for long, but I've never used it in a way where I've asked for anything in return. 
Um, and I'm still not necessarily saying you have to do anything, but if this touches your heart, like it does ours, um, then I would just ask that you would prayerfully consider giving to Project Rescue. Um, you can do that for this specific project. You can go to Project Rescue's website and give. Um, you can give through our church. Um, we'll, we send in offerings to um, Project Rescue. If you want to give through our church, you can just go to our church's website, gcfirst.org, and click on the giving link in the top left corner. Um, and you can give that way. Um, but I think every little bit helps. I mean, we're talking about this ministry costing less than $1,500 a week that will radically change the lives of women and children. Um, I don't, I don't think there's much better to, <laughs> to give towards. Um, you're not just because you're not just doing some kind it's it's not just something that's compassion based which is very important um but it's compassion that leads to life-giving hope and real life change through the power of jesus and so um if uh if that touches you projectrescue.com or you can give through our church and we'll make sure it goes to that project um, Project Vitali. So um, I love talking about this. I don't know if Donnie loves talking about it as much as I do. I don't think he loves talking about anything as much as I do. Is that safe? That's safe to say, yeah. <laughs> but but I know we both have a heart for this. And so if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And I'd Most love to definitely, yeah. I'd love to connect you with books. Um, I I do have two copies. We gave away um, a copy of David Grant, who is the one of the co-founders of Project Rescue. He just basically wrote a memoir and I had, we have received several copies of that. And so I gave um, that away on Sunday. I gave a copy of Beth Grant's, the other co-founder, her book, Courageous um, Sunday. And then we gave away, I think, two of the books, Beyond the Soiled Curtain. I think so. Um, I have two of my own copies of Beyond the Soiled Curtain um, that I am most definitely willing to let somebody borrow if you're local. Um, but otherwise, they're worth buying these books and they're not hard reads other than they'll rip your heart out hard, but they're they're easy to read. They're captivating, but you learn about the, the story behind the men and women who began this ministry and who serve in this ministry. And then you also can learn about stories of the women and children who have, who have been rescued. Um, and then the other books are, like I said, more they're the co-founder okay. stories. Um, so I will also link up to where you can buy those books in the show notes, but um, yeah. You have anything else you want to add? Nope. You have nothing else you want to add. I've said a lot today. You have. Y'all, this is my life. In my in my eyes, I have. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you for listening. In the show notes, you'll find links to give in our special Project Rescue offering 
to Project Rescue's website and the books I mentioned. I'm even going to link you to the coffee that we talked about. And as always, if you enjoy the Preacher Chick podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you haven't done so, please rate or review, and I would so appreciate five stars. But more than anything, it would be great if you'd share this with your friends. Until next time.